but a lot of the things aren't until the evening, uh, in, uh, aren't until the uh, fall, into September. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Corporately, we need everyone to participate. <clears throat> Amen, brother. Preach it. Sorry. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter four, verse fifteen says, speaking the truth in love, the church may grow up into all things into Him who is head, which is Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Every part doing its share causes growth. So, logical deduction from that is when a part doesn't do its part, you lack growth. Well, what kind of growth? Every kind of growth. Spiritual growth, numeric growth, relational growth, all kinds of growth. All right? What's the opposite of growth? Huh? Decay. Decay. Dwindling. Yeah, it doesn't sound like fun. And we want to grow. And so when every part does its share, <clears throat> we can grow. And when each part does its share, uh, we grow individually. And so that's why I left this up. So the, the, the effectiveness of the growth of the group that we talked about in our 3G network from last week is, 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 is in part and directly connected to, um, every, the individual. The guy or gal doing his or her part. So our growth is connected to the ability, the effectiveness of each individual doing their part. And each individual's spiritual growth is also connected to how the whole. And so some of the struggles, and this was kind of an amazing thing to learn, especially as you, as you take on more and more responsibility. And as a pastor, <clears throat> a whole lot of the things that I go through are actually, I'm just going through them because someone in the church is going through them. Or the church, a lot of people are going through difficulty. I find myself facing that difficulty. Or if I'm facing a difficulty, I see it in other people's lives. And we are really in this together. Spiritually, we are connected. We are connected to the point where the Bible and Jesus says we are one. Okay? Jesus said, let them be one even as you and I are one, Father. Ha! Alright? So whether we like each other or not, <laughs> we're in this together. Right? And, and so it's, it's, it's all work. And of course, we're all reliant on God because He is, He is effective. And as we each rely on God and come into our right position and fulfillment, then we can all grow and we can be. We need together. <clears throat> we need each other. We need one another. And God designed it that way on purpose. Okay? It really, really, really is important for us to understand that I'm not just up here pitching this because the organization needs people to do stuff. All right? If you want to be plugged into the organization, there's a lot more effective organizations out there. You know, <laughs> and you can go get plugged into something and, and, and be effective or whatever. Um, God has a purpose in developing a bride, which is his church. OK, and part of that is individuals seeing their lives interconnected and interdependent upon God and one another. 
All right, and developing relationship through service, through giving, through loving, through being there, and and through being responsible in their own personal lives. How it all works together and grows the body and makes the body uh, beautiful to Jesus. And I had a glimpse of this beauty this this last week. <clears throat> in the last couple of days, I've been in two different meetings. Okay, and in both meetings, different people in each meeting, uh, different groups within the church. Um, uh, one individual in the first meeting just just felt a burden to pray for the children, and and they express that they pray regularly for the children of the church, and and they'll just they mention several of the children by name, and we spent some time praying for the children, praying for your children. Listen, we spent time praying for your kids, and then Saturday had another meeting, different group of people, <coughs> someone totally wasn't in the first meeting, had the same thing. They said, you know, we just need to pray for our children. We just interceded for the children. And I was just blown away. Think of this, please. Maybe if you can grasp what I saw there was like, wow, church is so much more than just a meeting, you know? And meetings are fun. You can go to a meeting and get all jazzed up. You can go to a concert, for example, and come out and go, that was great music, you know? You, you, and maybe it's thousands of people, and it's exciting, and maybe you get something out of that. Even a Christian, even a worship conference, you can get something out of that. But the beauty of the church, I'm getting a greater revelation of the beauty of the church. When I find out that there's people in this church, I didn't know about it, I didn't organize it, nobody organized it, but they are regularly, routinely praying for your kids, even though they're not related to you, just because God puts them on your, their heart. And I was like, wow, that's, that's intense. Think of it. And that's why it's so important to be a part of a church and not just a Christian. Right? I'm like, I am so convinced of this. And there's something that's happened in the last year. I've always been pretty radical about the church. But there's something that goes deeper. That, that, you know, we, that we pray for one another, that we care for one another, that, <clears throat> that we are bearing spiritual burdens. And you don't even know, you don't know who's been praying for you this week. You know? I don't know. And that's part because, but if you just, you flit in and flit out and go here and go there and you never get relationally connected, then you don't have that. Does it mean you still go to heaven? Yeah, you might go to heaven. You'll get there and nobody will know you. <laughs> Except Jesus. Jesus will introduce you. Hi, welcome. All right, sorry. I got off my notes. <coughs> Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Let me read. I have three points. going to get through them hopefully quickly. Um, uh, Three points, serving one another, being co-laborers with Christ. The first point is that serving is being, serving others is Christ-like. Okay, Christ-like. Let's do this. Ah. Brown. Yuck. Red. Christ-like. Let me read a scripture. Matthew 20, verse 20. Uh, then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? 
And she said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left, in your kingdom. And Jesus looked at her and said, You don't know what you're asking. All right. <clears throat> Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism uh, I am baptized with? He's referring to the cross. <laughs> He's like, You want to be on my right and you want to be on my left? He knew what was coming. You won't be sitting. <clears throat> Want to hang out with Jesus? Ooh. Whoa. That's a good word right there. They said to him, We're able. Sure, Jesus. He said to him, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit at my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. But it is for those for whom it, was, it is prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased at the two brothers. So there's some competition going on. Who's going to be, who's going to be the most important? But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great in ex, uh, exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Right? Slave mentality. Uh, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. I mean, that was the whole point. And here, this is why Jesus said, you, got, you don't understand what you're asking. The mom didn't understand what she was asking. The guy, all the 12 disciples didn't understand what they were asking. He's like, wait a minute, guys. The whole point of this is to give everything that you have for others and not to try to jockey for position. All right? Um, <clears throat> and they, they did not understand what kingdom authority was all about. Uh, and today, many believers don't get it. They don't understand how kingdom authority works. All right? We instinctively fall back into the worldly perception and the worldly ideas, the worldly structure of authority. But Jesus presents a very different um, uh, structure, a very different kingdom authority in that if you want to be great, you have to serve. If you want to be the greatest, you have to be the slave. All right. That means you don't do what you want to do. All right. What do you do? If you're not doing what you want to do, what do you do? Huh? No. You don't do what somebody else wants. You do what the Father wants. All right. This is another misconception. Oh, well, they're supposed to be serving. They better serve me. No! <laughs> we are to serve the Father by serving one another. All right? I mean, this is very kind of, you know, people always kind of, it's like a slippery thing. People go one way, they go another way. <clears throat> uh, uh, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life. And the word serve literally means to, be, to wait on, uh, to, to, to meet the needs, the genuine needs of others. All right, to bring provision, like a like a, a waiter brings a plate full of food and sets it down in front of you. It brings to you what is needed. <clears throat> um, 
and, and giving his life, laying his life as a ransom. And I mean, Jesus literally died to himself. That means all of his wants and needs were crucified, were, were put to death. He didn't get what he wanted, what his flesh wanted, right? Now we know that because Jesus was God, he came for that purpose. He understood, and so he was in agreement. But we need to understand the same dynamic, that we don't seek to gain for ourselves. We seek to increase the Father and to make Jesus famous and to fulfill the kingdom. And so we give all of ourselves, even if it means our lives. Uh, and in that way, it's Christ-like. It's Christ-like. How do you live a Christ-like life? You live to serve. All right? Does that make sense? Because that's how Christ lived. All right. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that Jesus was timid or shy or reluctant to take on responsibility. It doesn't mean that Jesus kept out of the limelight. All right. Did Jesus keep out of the limelight? No. Was Jesus <laughs> was Jesus reluctant to let his opinions be known? No. All right. Was Jesus hesitant to take a leadership role? No. In fact, he says, you either follow me or you die and burn in hell. Okay. He was kind of to the point. All right. But he was doing that. Now, listen, you got to bring this together. He was doing that not to fulfill his own desires. And he knew that the cost of that would be he would be crucified. But he did it because it was the Father's will and it was the best for the people that, was, that he was serving. He was willing to give his all even though it meant he would be crucified and would lead to his death. In fact, when you have this attitude, I'm willing to do whatever, that opens up opportunity for God to use you in more significant ways. But as long as you hang on to, I gotta do this, or I gotta do that, or I gotta get some affirmation out of it, uh, if you're looking for personal affirmation through ministry, God will, God will not allow that to happen. Cause He loves you too much. Alright? And, and it does happen, but God fixes it. Because it'll break. Are you hearing me? Okay? Where do you get personal affirmation? Through your relationship with the Father through hearing Him say He loves you, and through your relationship with others. All right? Through relationship, we get affirmation. Through ministry, we die to ourselves. We serve. All right? We extend the kingdom. We, we live for Him and not for us. Hallelujah. So, serving others, the point <clears throat> is we are Christ-like. We are most Christ-like, I think, when we give our lives a ransom for others. When we come not to receive, but to give, alright? And the more practical ways we can do that, the more we're like Christ. Second point is serving others is serving Christ. <clears throat> Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. Matthew 25, 31 says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. Okay, at the return of Christ, 
It's going to be dramatic. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left, and the king will say to those on his right hand, Come! You blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer and say to the the Lord, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you a drink. And he will say, when, when did, uh, and they say, when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? What, what do you mean, Jesus? We didn't see you. We were just serving so and so and this and that. And the king will say to him, to them, assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, what does it say? You did it to me. Listen, I don't know, but if that verse doesn't make you shake, you're probably not awake. All right? What Whatsoever you do to the least, you're doing it to Jesus. That's a powerful image. And he's, Jesus is showing us in a picture form what the end time judgment will look like. And there will be a day... And it's my job to make you understand this clearly. All right? When you, there will, you'll be, wow, this is just like that story in the Bible. You know, and that's the point of the Bible. Is to prepare you to stand in front of the king. And, it, and the question will be, did you feed me? Did you care for me? Did you, did you, you know, did you do this? And the righteous will say, well, we didn't even realize we were doing it to you. Wow, that's cool. We were doing it just because you said to, because your love was in us. But, you know, I didn't read the second half of that passage. You can read that at home. Because the people that didn't do that didn't get into heaven. Right? And there's two poignant lessons that we can learn from this. One, we will be judged based on what we do. Now, we're a grace-based church. And we're real, we really emphasize because so many people react to statements like that and think, oh, I'm going to go to hell. You know, and we understand that nothing we can do will enable us to get to heaven. All right? Nothing we can do. You can do all the good works from now to for, uh, for 100 years and it won't earn you anything. All right? Because that has already been done. And it's only by accepting the fact that we can't earn our salvation that we gain entrance into that grace. But the grace is meant to transform our behavior. Alright? Does this make sense? Grace is meant to transform. James said, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, if you have faith and I have works, James says, show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Alright? So there's a disconnect to think that there can be a, an intellectual or even an emotional assent to a truth and that not reflecting in your lifestyle. Okay? The truth is, 
If it isn't reflected in your lifestyle, it hasn't happened yet. How do you make it happen? You surrender. You accept Jesus into your life, into your heart. You allow Him to live in you. You submit to His Lordship. You fall in love with Him. And then you allow Him to live through you. And those behaviors that, that you do will account to your reward in heaven. And if you don't, you will lack. You have potential reward you may not cash in on. Are you hearing me? All right, so this is very serious. But it, So there's a warning here, but there's also a wonderful promise. Listen to the promise. The enemy wants to scare you with the warning. Jesus is telling you something very key here. And that what it is, is whatever you do, you're doing it to Jesus. You're serving Christ. Somehow, Jesus personally is touched when you care for someone in need. So when you're doing nursery and taking care of the least, you are ministering to Jesus. All right? You are, you are making Jesus happy. Come on. All right? Seriously. You are making the Father happy because He's seeing the church. When you're praying for someone in the church and you're laboring in prayer, you're making God happy because you're caring for Jesus. All right? When you show up on a work day, to, we're going to be replacing the carpet in the, in the classrooms and you work, and it's fun to actually do that kind of stuff, but you're serving Jesus because you're serving the church. You're doing something out of love and Jesus benefits from that personally. You can touch Jesus. What more motivation do you need? Alright? Really. If you need more motivation than that, I can't give it to you. Does that make sense? When I prepare a message, I'm serving Jesus. I'm not serving you. Alright? When I counsel someone and struggle with, you know, with them through some issue... I'm ministering to them, but I'm serving Jesus. I'm there because I love Jesus. I may love you, but I really am doing it because I love Jesus. All right? When I fix something that breaks around here, I'm doing it because I love Jesus. When I spend hours trying to figure out the calendar and plan everything out, making everything work, I'm serving Jesus. All that I do, I serve Jesus because... This is a couple of things, real important. This enables me to endure rejection. So when someone, when I do something and they don't like it, you know what? That's okay because I wasn't really doing it for you. You know? So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fret over that. You know, maybe you want me to, but I'm not because I know Jesus is really happy about that. Maybe you're not happy about that. I'm sorry. I'm not that good, you know, whatever. I don't know. So it, it enables us to endure rejection because I'm not doing it for... An individual, I'm doing it unto Christ. It enables me to work without recognition or reward. You know, because I can't do in a million years what He's already done for me. You can't do in a million years what He's already done for you. So you can serve your heart out. All right? And it enables you to be free uh, to serve without any expectation because everything you get, you're doing unto the Lord and He'll return it. Third thing is serving others is an honor. And we touched on this last week that when we serve others, when we co-labor with God, 
It is uh, God is actually honored in that process, which is amazing. But let me just read Romans chapter 12, verse 9. It says, let love... I love the... Uh, you know, in, in Bibles, they have little subtitles for different paragraph headings. And the subtitle in my Bible is, Behave Like a Christian. <laughs> so this describes Christian behavior. Hint, hint. Uh, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate toward one another. Please, with brotherly love. Would you all just get along? In honor, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, work hard, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continue steadfast in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. That's interesting that's said in the context of the church. Most people take that into the context of the world. All right. Bless those who persecute you in the church. <laughs> All right. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Don't think you're so smart. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5 says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, esteem others better than uh, himself or yourself. <clears throat> Let each of you look out, not for only for your own interests, but for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So the mind of Christ was that He looked at you and honored you more than He honored Himself. And so we are to honor others more than we honor ourselves. We are to give preference. And we understand that it is an honor to serve. It is a privilege to be of use. And that enable, that empowers us to work. Okay. If you do it out of obligation, you'll say, oh man, I have to do nursery today. And I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. <laughs> but if you're doing it out of honor, you say, I get to do nursery today because I get to serve Jesus. Oh, that's a struggle, man. I have a hard time with that. Yeah. Welcome to the kingdom. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I wanted to sleep in this morning too. Okay. You gotta struggle. Yeah, but it's an honor. This is an honor. It's an honor. It's an honor. It's an honor. It's an honor. And then when you see it that way, you'll receive it that way. You'll get the reward. And so what we want to do right now is just have the different people from the different tables. Could you, do you have that handout so I can, uh, I forgot to grab a copy of it. Come up real quick. And each, uh, what we have in the family room is tables set up, uh, for different areas. And if you could just take like a, a one-sentence invitation as to why someone should uh, want to serve in your area. If you have musical talent and a heart for worship, join the worship team and sign team. <laughs> Very good. Uh, nursery needs uh, people in both of those nurseries, and we also need some behind-the-scenes people, which is a great opportunity to uh, be honored. And also there's a, a list of the church needs. Um, there's special um, events coordinators, there's a kitchen crew, and then if you're interested in prayer for prophetic, we have sign-ups for those two. 
Our youth group has a wide variety of needs. Even if you're not somebody that sees yourself working directly with youth, we have other areas that you can help us with. We have eight different sign-up areas. Please stop by and check out the youth group table. Even if you don't think it's for you, you might find something. We need lots of help. We have an awesome youth group. We want to change the world. Uh, building and grounds, I can use some help. And uh, like Cameron says, you don't have to do this. You get to do this. Amen. And uh, so uh, looking for anybody who is interested in helping with uh, mowing and uh, maintenance and things around the building. Very good. It's just been a great opportunity to get to meet new people, people that I've seen for probably months and years and not really known their names. It's been a really good um way to get connected with people. Fusion. Fusion. Yeah. Did you say something? Yeah. Hand in hand with that in the fusion ministry. What I really like is to uh, greet visitors and inspire them to come back. It really makes me satisfied. Thank you. Excellent. We serve people uh, by helping distribute orders once a month, one Saturday, 9.30 to 11.30. Excellent. All right. Children's ministry. Your chance, Tara. Come on. <laughs> Notice Tara is all wet because she was just baptized in, uh, in children's church today. Yes. So you can join the fun, too. We need kids' church and rush leaders, um, which are the kids' churches from four, grade, age four to third grade, rushes from fourth to sixth grade. Um, we need some just some logistical things to help me out, like um, children's birthday committee to make them special on their birthdays and supply closet maintenance and things like that. And then if you guys are interested, if there's anybody that has a passion for VBS, let me know. Um, we're not looking for this summer but for next summer, and I'd love to talk to you and sort something out. So, yeah, come be a part. All right, give them a hand. They're, they pull all this together. All right, you guys can have a seat. So in the bulletin, there was a little uh, map uh, so that you know where all the tables are in the family room after service. And you can go up and get more information. Uh, and there's some other uh, areas that can serve as well. And um, you want to find a place, plug in, and make yourself available. And we're just trying to make that easy for you to do that. All right? Let's give Adam a hand. He has some announcements. Thank you, Cameron. All right, well, we want to welcome all of our guests here today. Thank you for being part of our service. Amen. We want to give you a gift, so please go to the connection counter in the back of the sanctuary here. We have a gift for you for all of our guests. Please go check that out. Uh, we do have a connection card in our bulletin, which is right here, this little tear-out section. I encourage everybody to take advantage of that. There is a area on there that you can fill out for prayer requests. If you have anything in your life that you'd like prayer for, uh, we have a team of people that is dedicated to pray for your requests. Um, this is a great opportunity. Take advantage of it. Um, it's really good. Also, we have on the sign-up spot, uh, Nancy and Al's wedding is coming up. And uh, yay! If you will be attending that, um, please write down the number of people from your family that will be attending also and your name on there. There's more details in the bulletin. Check that out. Um, all you women that are going on the women's retreat, uh, the second payment is due today. So I believe that's $45, and that it goes to somebody. I'm not sure. I was going to say Sarah. Put in the offering or in the box and, and label it women's retreat. That would be good. Um, that's going to be awesome. 
encourage you to do that. Okay, we have a bridal shower for Nancy, who is not here this morning, but she will be at the bridal shower next week. Uh, it's at 10.30 on Saturday, I think. Um, so do please check that out. Information's in the bulletin. Come bless her. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, coming up on June 19th, my sister is having a graduation party, and I am so proud of her. She has graduated college with three kids. What an accomplishment. And we want to honor her and bless her at a graduation party. That is June 19th, 6 o'clock. Directions are in the bulletin. Do check that out. Um, there's also some other announcements. That's what this bulletin is for. Please do read it. Be informed. Know what's going on. That would be good. Okay, we're going to take an offering if our ushers could come forward. Okay, and the rescue, please join with me as we pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have today to sow into your kingdom, Father, in the in practical ways as we serve, but also with our money financially, Lord. And I just pray a blessing on this offering. Lord, I pray that, um, yeah, you would use every dollar given for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, go ahead and pass the baskets. This morning we are blessed to have Nick Yaos come and share for a few minutes what God's been doing in his life. Hey, everybody. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Nick, and I've been, I was born into this church, and I love everyone here. This church is more of a family for me than it is um, just some place I come to. So I'm really uh, blessed to be here and to come back um, here and, and visit and, and see the people who have who were in the operating room with me and when I was born, and, and just to just be a part of like a family, you know, and it's it's really cool. So thank you for all of you who've been praying for me while I was out in California. I was going to a ministry school in Bethel at Bethel Church in Redding, California. Um, I started in the spring of 2007 or in the fall of 2007, um, and have been there for two years at nine months at a time. And I'm returning again uh, this fall for an internships, hopefully something related to. Uh, international transformation or, or missions. Um, but in the last nine months, this past um, uh, stint, I just, uh, uh, God was really working in my life in my identity and my confidence. And the first year program at Bethel is kind of supposed to get you like set up with your identity and then this, and so you like know who you are, you acquire what Bethel's culture is like, and then uh, you're able to integrate that into your own life. And and then the second year is more about leadership, and I did learn a lot about leadership and a lot about vision and mission and where are you going in the next five years and how are you going to get there and how is how are relationships important with that. And so I learned a lot, but on my personal life, I just want to talk about just some of the stuff that God did with me and just talk about how he increased my confidence. Um, the the whole nine months I was there, I, I came I came into school thinking I was going to have everything set up. I was going to have a job. I'd have this place, and it was going to be great. And lots of stuff fell apart, and it was like throughout the whole year, I was struggling so much financially. It was like really discouraging. Like I, I was like eating oatmeal uh, only, and <laughs> and sometimes just like, just like, you know, like I... And then, you know, our house, the house we were at, like, we didn't have power for five weeks or water. It's just weird stuff, like, stuff that shouldn't have happened was happening. Just life circumstance, you know, just junk and just that happens in life. And 
um, I'm like in this school and I'm learning all this stuff about how we're supposed to believe that God is good even though we see bad stuff happen and we're supposed to like remind ourselves of the things that God has done and um, and he is doing and uh, not not be concerned about what he hasn't done. Um, you know, and I'm like, I know these things in my head, and I know what I'm supposed to believe, and I know scripture, and I've been raised a Christian, I know all this stuff, and it's like, it's head knowledge, and, and God was really working in my life in some very, um, uh, real, like, reality check ways to make it more of a, uh, heart knowledge. And, um, just like, came through, I just, there were so many times when, I was, there's so many times where I came to a point where I didn't feel like I had anyone around me, and I felt like I was alone, and I felt like it was just me and no one else, and I knew I had people back at home, and I knew I had people in my life there, but uh, I think it was just, there, there's just times when I came to life, I felt like I was at my wits end. I felt like there was nothing left in me. And in that moment, when I had, when I was weak, and in that moment when I felt like I had nothing, that's when God was able to get me reaching out for Him, get me to a point where I was like saying, okay, I know all the right things to say. I know all the right things to do. I know Christian behavior, like the back of my hand, but in, when it, like, when it counts, am I gonna go to God for my source? Am I gonna go to Him for my help? Am I gonna go to Him for my emotional needs? And am I gonna believe that He's gonna provide for me? And at that point, it was like, oh, that's when I like, that's when I started to get it, you know, and I, and I came out of it and circumstance changed and, and things got better and I graduated and I finished school and I made all my payments and, I went on some great trips. I got to travel with some amazing leaders and be empowered and, and do some some get some experience and and it was really good. But at the end of the uh, at the end of it all, I just realized that like I can be confident in myself because I'm confident in God, and like because I know because I because of what I think about God is changes the way I think about myself and the way that I do life, and. And so it just found that that's really powerful and, and, um, it's just, it's just been a really great time and, and I'm just, I'm just so blessed to be, uh, to have received from them and, and I'm looking forward to, um, being able to be a blessing to others and to serve others just like Cameron was speaking on. And, when I come back this fall, um, Chloe's going to come with me, my sister. She's going to the first year. Um, in the fall, I'm going to um, do an internship. I'm still applying for something. They've got some different things available, but I want to work with either um, a woman named Ann Calvistrand. She has, trains the missionaries at Bethel and sends them out, and she's had a lot of um, international experience and spoken in the UN and has some fun stories from China and Mongolia and different things. And so I'd like to come maybe underneath her and serve her vision for a little bit or maybe connect with um, uh, Global Legacy. They're, like it would be we're, we're with Partners in Harvest here at New Day, and so Bethel has a network that other churches connect with. And God's kind of been highlighting my ability to gather people and to network, and so I'm kind of 
see how I can uh, use that gift and increase that gift and hopefully turn that into something more related to international relations, which is something I'd like to do eventually. So, yeah. Let's pray for Nick. Okay. So, yeah. Father, we just pray. We thank you, God, for what a treasure uh, he is and that uh, the impartation he's received while he's been at uh, Bethel. And we receive, uh, Lord, that through him we can, we can catch all that we can while he's here. Father, but we also pray that uh, the right door would open up to position him for the right internship, to position him for the rest of his life. Father, this fall, that you'd make all things come together, work together for good, Lord, that he'd be positioned uh, so he can be equipped, so he can be sent, so he can accomplish the purpose that you've called him to. We bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, can you pray for people? All right. Nick's going to be over here with the prayer. Oh, no, that's the prophetic team. This is confusing. We have two sides. Nick's going to be here with the prayer team after service. But before we do that, we have a gift because this is the. Nick will do the year of giving dance. (laughs) And today's gift is for Laura Shockley. We love Laura. Come on down. We give a gift because God gave the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. And so we're just uh, moving in that this year as well as coming against the spirit of fear and the economic downturn. And so, you know, gifts are small. Some of the gifts have been rather large. It's not the size of the gift. It's the fact that someone has been thinking of you and has brought something just to communicate that you're special. So... You can open that and just see what it is. Hallelujah. And there's a little box in there. Hold that for you. Thank you, sir. Somebody likes to use a lot of tape. (laughs) That's great. It's a beautiful necklace. Yay! There you go. Yeah, can we pray for Laura? Father, we thank you for Laura and the gift that she is to this body, Father. And uh, we just thank you, God. We know it's a difficult time. It's been two years since Dale passed, and, and we miss Dale. And we just thank you for the gift that they have been in our congregation, and Laura continues to be, as well as all of their children. And Lord, uh, and Lord, we also just hold up Sue as recently, just this last week, Sue Brower lost her father. And he went home to be with you, Father, and, and everyone else has suffered grief. We, we hold uh, our pain up to you because you took it on the cross. And we find joy and comfort in your closeness during these times. And bless each and every one in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks, Laura. All right. Yeah, give him a hand. <clears throat> So, we have the prophetic team on this side. If you want to receive a prophetic ministry, you can come up and receive uh, that. On this side, if you want Nick to give an impartation of what he's received in the last couple of years while he's been at Bethel, uh, have him pray for you or any need whatsoever, you can have the prayer team pray with you. Otherwise, please stand, greet one another, get to know somebody you don't recognize, and go to the sign-up area and sign up to serve. God bless you all.